The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. The conversation continues with Rick Munn and Natalie Cheel on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Good morning, lovely people. It's the 29th of December 2023. Only three sleeps to the new year, which I'm really excited about. Welcome to Open Line. I'm Natalie Chill. Rick is off today. He is still on holiday, but he is back on Monday for New Year's Day. But I have the wonderful Gemma Cooper with me, and she will be going through the stories of the day. We're going to try and keep them positive. We're going to try and keep them uplifting. A lot of you, of course, are still on holiday, and we're in that weird time zone now between Christmas and new year where like kind of anything goes and it's all a bit strange my children are actually still uh, with me in the flat today normally they go out on a walk but it's supposed to be raining so my son is going to be my critic for the day so he said I'm going to go in my room and I'm going to watch your show mum so we'll see what he thinks of me at the end of the show uh, yeah so we don't want any doom and gloom there's enough of that for the rest of the year uh, don't forget you can go on our online chat we love to hear your views and you can go join the fun at tntradio.live you can also of course now see our faces uh, on our website on or or you can go on all the major streaming platforms uh, what do we got to talk about for you today well we've got a story on bbc woke which won't surprise you we've got a, a, a inner city farm we've got homelessness uh we've got also uh, vinyl sales and uh, we want to end it on a positive note about an escape uh from the rat race. Uh, what have I got to say uh, story-wise? Well, I've had a look this morning and there was a big story to come out of the US this week, uh, a big discussion point. Uh, don't know if you've heard of her, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Well, she uh, was a victim of her mum uh, from Munchausen's by proxy and a lot of people believe she should never have been imprisoned. She was there for eight years and she came out this week. So her mum, throughout her childhood, for money, uh, pretended essentially she was disabled, forced her to be in a wheelchair, forced medications down her. She led not one part of a normal life. Horrendous. But she cracked in the end and she actually uh, got her online boyfriend to kill her mother. That's what she's in prison for. Uh, massive moral ethical debate on it, um, obviously. But if you haven't uh, or don't know anything about it, I would highly recommend going to read about it. A really interesting story, that one. And yet she's out uh, and uh, photographed yesterday with her new husband out in a supermarket. So uh, many feel that she should never have been there in the first place. Uh, new Year's Eve coming up. Uh, rail goers have been warned. Uh, try travel before New Year's Eve if you can. There's going to be delays. Uh, things are going to be cancelled. Uh, it's not going to surprise you. Except Expect disruption is the message. So I thought I'd just let you know if anyone needs to do any travelling. Um, and Las Vegas wedding. Uh, could set a new record uh, New Year's Eve due to a speciality date in the US. So if you write it down in American style, of course, with the month first, it's the 12th of the 31st 20 fee. 
uh, 23, which has a repeating pattern in it. One, two, three, one, two, three. Uh, you can check by writing it down. So let's just hope uh, that's a lucky date for those getting married and those setting a record, but also a lucky date for those of us looking forward to 2004 too. So don't go away. We've got plenty more to cover with Gemma Cooper here at TNT Radio. Keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Morning, Gemma. Are we looking forward to the new year? Have we got any nice plans coming up? Well, as I will be back at my desk here at TNT uh, at 6am UK time on New Year's Day, I'm, I'm going to take it a little <laughs> easy. I'm, I'm already, Natalie, I know you're not such a fan of Christmas, but I, I do like yeah. Christmas. And I particularly like this week of downtime because I think it's really important for the human psyche. But even yeah. I am realising that uh, once I finished my shift here at TNT, lying on the sofa, stuffing my face with chocolates and mince pies, <laughs> watching every movie available and drinking a, a nice glass of Chateau Neuf de Pape, Maybe it's oh. not like the best way of spending my all my days because I'm starting yeah. to feel a little bit of a sugar overload this morning and yeah. a little bit of the brain brain fog. And my body is quietly telling me, come on, Coops, we need to get out of the house. We need to stop indulging too much. So I think I will be going hiking around the New Year period. I think clear the head uh, as well. Yeah, as it's definitely needed because I was going to say I'm not drinking at the moment. I have a, I uh, didn't drink over Christmas either, but it's like I'm in a sugar coma. Uh, for those people that don't, that don't like binge on uh, chocolate and sugar over this time, I can't get up in the morning. It's like it's like being drunk. Uh, that's what sugar can do to you if you uh, eat it in such huge quantities, can't it, Gemma? Yeah. So I feel lethargic. Uh, I need I need to get back on the healthy lifestyle again. Absolutely. And I don't really do sugar that much. So when you do eat it, I mean, I'm sure yeah. this will resonate with plenty of people over this you know, time of year, but you do, you feel really like, whoa, what's just happened to me? And I couldn't get up this morning. I was like, what have I done? And then I thought about the amount of salted caramel truffle thing that I'd eaten last <laughs> night or watching the Aretha Franklin story, uh, that, which is a brilliant film, by the way. I've not seen it before. That one, uh, the one that all the Oscars, a really good movie. But uh, yeah, I'm paying for it today. Absolutely. Yeah, and Holly says, nah, sod it. I ain't better work till Wednesday. I'm having fun. Good on you, Holly. I don't blame you. If we were not working, I'm sure we'd all be doing the same. Uh, Gemma, what story have you got for us this morning? Well, much like yesterday, you know, I've really tried to uh, pick some stories for our, our last open line of 2023. You know, we'll be back at New Year's Day 2024, new beginnings. And I thought, let's try and end again on a positive note. So I had a look. Uh, uh, some stories this morning and this is an issue that we we've talked about not just on open line but I've discussed it on locked and loaded with Rick I discuss it on other shows with the Freeman report with James Freeman because it is such a huge international story and it creates so much controversy but in the on the issue of trans women in sport uh, a hero of mine has come out today uh, in one of the major UK papers and he's nailed his colours to the mast and he's speaking out for women and he's saying about how women's sport needs to be fair. And it's somebody who I think many people of my generation will remember, Olympic gold medalist, Daley Thompson. 
Now he doesn't have to do this. He's a he's he's had a very successful career after his Olympic run in the 1980s. You know, he's really famous in the 1980 and 84 Olympics for his decathlon success. Um, and he's gone on to run a gym, and he he's really done well for himself. So he's got a considerable reputation here, which he doesn't need to lay on the line, but he has. And he's written an article, and it's a very erudite article, and he's talking about. How, you know, he says, look, when people use the words trans women, it, it's they're not women, they're men. Now, we've said this many, many times. Um, he says the physical advantage is, 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 you know, so obvious. He says, all my sporting instincts rebel when I see this in sport. And to, for sport to mean anything, it has to be fair. And he's campaigning really effectively uh, for, for all trans categories to be gone, for women's spaces to be women's spaces. He says he's joining the chorus of his great friends, Martina Navratilova, tennis player, obviously, and the swimmer Sharon Davis here from the UK. He says they're the only ones pretty much brave enough to speak out from the sporting community. There are a handful of others around the world, but he says these two have come in for the most criticism and the comments they've received are shocking. And he says he wants to stand with them. He controversially says, does that make me a feminist? Well, I've never been called that before. But hey, you know, there's a first time for everything. And I just think this is absolutely brilliant as somebody of his stature. And he will get a huge amount of abuse. He already has. He says he's been called transphobic. He's been called misogynistic. We're well, speaking out for women. So don't really see how that can apply. Um, but he says, if we, this is what we stand for at TNT. His last quote of this article, he says, if we become afraid to tell the truth, and this is the truth about women's sport. He said, if women's sport carries on like this, it will be finished. And if we're afraid to tell the truth, we are in trouble. And I think here, here, Daily, that that applies to everything in life, everything. And he was a great hero of mine in the 80s. We all emulated Daley Thompson. He was a bit cheeky. He had a great personality. He was an amazing sports person. You know, in the decathlon, you have to be a great all-rounder. Um, and, and he's and today he's he's come out all guns blazing for women. You and I, Natalie, if we were trying to do this career maybe 20, 30 years ago, we wouldn't have been taken particularly seriously as women. It's taken women a long time to get equality, to find a voice, to be taken seriously, uh, to be treated as equals, which is all we want. Um, and this is a huge step back. And Daley Thompson is trying to push it a huge step forward. So fair play, Daley Thompson. You've yep. once again become a hero of mine. Yeah, absolutely. And Marley Bite says in the online chat, his Lycra was famous, if I remember right as well. I don't know. He was a bit before <laughs> my time. So I'll have to uh, let Gemma answer that later. But I highlighted the same sentence as well. I put it's when he says, if we become afraid to tell the truth, we really are in trouble. And that's what's really important here. And ironically, uh, it's the trans uh, women or men that are being told they are uh, uh, brave and stunning when actually what Daley Thompson is doing here is actually, for me, far more brave. He could be cancelled everywhere for saying this. He might never be able to now, you know, having this view can essentially stop him from getting any work on TV. Sharon Davis has had the same problem. You know, he says, you know, I too strongly oppose allowing tra trans women to take part in female sport. I don't consider this controversial controversial nor political it's about fairness there should be space for trans women in sport but not at the expense of all women you know this isn't against trans people he's not talking um 
bad about them. We're not either. We just want fairness for women in women's sport. And he also goes on to say, how is any young girl going to feel inspired to take up sport if she knows she's going to be competing against a man? And if that's why there will be no women's sport in future, will there, Gemma, if they continue to allow uh, biological men who uh, transition to compete in women's sport, what will eventually happen is every single sport, the people at the top will be those biological men. And uh, we won't really have a women's sport. It's, it will stop. We're talking about equalness, uh, of fairness. There won't be women or girls coming up who even can be bothered, will there? They'll Absolutely. just make more can... point in competing. They will think that. They'll think, what's the point in competing? And it, and it's taken somebody of Daley Thompson's stature to kind of reiterate this point. And it is quite telling how the big names in sport really haven't come out all guns blazing against this. And he does say as well that he stands with J.K. Rowling on her comments. He says they're common sense comments, um, you know, and they shouldn't be taken hysterically, which, of course, you know, that that has happened. But I, it's, it's his stature as a former, you know, gold medalist, not in one Olympics, but in two. And the career he carved out for himself afterwards the amount of people around the world that really did look up and still do look up to him as an athlete and he doesn't have to do this and that's what I think is great and we were talking yesterday about the shift and the tide turning and people uh, kind of seeing through uh, how we're kind of told to live and told to believe and told to think and told to speak and told to shut up and he's cutting through that He's cutting through all that that matrix of ridiculousness, and he's saying, "Look, this is me. Love it or shove it." Um, and and I and I will stand up for what I believe in. And if everybody around the planet does that or takes inspiration from that, then that can only be a, a good thing. And we we saw yesterday how even the tide is turning on so-called alternative lifestyles that we're not being looked at as sneeringly. Homeschooling is becoming more yep. mainstream. Um, hopefully, Daly's views, uh, which he's reflective of many other people's views, will contribute to that shift. And I just hope and pray that he won't take it back. Sometimes, Gemma, we see people come out and uh, they come and tell the truth and uh, the woke bandwagon come after them and we see an apology a couple of days later. I have a feeling he's a, he's a bit too outspoken for that. I can't see an apology coming from him, thankfully. Uh, but we need more people. We need more celebrities. Uh, we need more people in the spotlight to be coming out and telling the truth. Unfortunately, we spoke about this yesterday in modern society now, people need validation. They need approval. They seem to need their followers on social media. And they're too scared to speak out and tell the truth. Uh, so we need more, don't we? Uh, this is a positive step in the right direction, Gemma. And we're we're saying, you know, come out and say it today. As many people as possible, come out and tell the truth. Absolutely. And we'll try and get Daley Thompson here on TNT because I think he'd go down really, really well. Oh. That would be brilliant. And I'm trying to find it here on the online chat. Uh, Charlotte, uh, the Baroness of Burnley, uh, she's put, good morning, pals. Just read a story of a woman who ate her Christmas tree. Peak of 2023, <laughs> ring on the delights of 2024. Uh, yeah, Charlotte, I absolutely agree. And no, I won't be eating my Christmas tree, but I will try to be uh, eating the rest of my Christmas chocolate. So I will start my diet right on the new year. Uh, don't go away. Uh, we've got lots more stories to cover here at TNT Radio next. <laughs> 
TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them. Criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT Radio. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40. California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get Rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. But now, it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back. Uh, River says in the online chat, 
can't eat another Christmas tree. It really needles me. <laughs> and uh, um, I just wanted to give a shout out because he's normally at school to my son. I said he was watching. I've seen him in the online chat. Uh, Jacob Shields in there. He said, if trans women want to compete in sport, they should play against each other rather than women. So I know he doesn't normally get to uh, join in. So nice to see you there. I'll, uh, I'll see what you think of me after the show. I'll probably get lots of criticism um, as, as you do from your child. Uh, but we have got a story about the woke BBC and that's probably not going to surprise you. It says BBC feeds viewers a diet of woke bias in breach of its own impartiality partiality rules campaigners say uh so basically as we already know the bbc uh are putting it in not just in their news but it's in their dramas uh they're pushing uh, a lot what they say of the slave trade about transgenderism um agatha christie uh, recently did a whole bit on colonialism uh we had doctor who's got a transgender character uh, this is my favorite one in january on water Waterloo Road. This just doesn't even sound possible. I'm not being funny, but if you remember being back in school, most people just care about who's going out with who or the or the kind of local gossip of the school. And they had a plot involving students in open revolt about the school's links to their transatlantic slave trade. The episode opens with a girl scrawling the word racist against her school's 19th century founder. And uh, students are later depicted holding banners saying students against slavery in a protest. I'm sorry, but I've been in secondary school. We all have. And that story sounds absolutely absurd. And that's what people are complaining about. The BBC are kind of pushing their agenda uh, through dramas and not just through news. And we've got a spokesman for their campaign for common sense saying, you know, the research reveals that rather than upholding these high standards of impartiality, parts of the BBC continue to peddle a steady diet of woke bias uh, through plot lines of popular dramas, but also in its news coverage. Uh, so what do we think, Gemma? I know you're a former BBC uh, worker yourself. So uh, what do we think it's woke bias or do we think they're still being impartial? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we can't even... <laughs> let's, let's not I love that use the word <laughs> impartial. I mean, come on. Um, well, it's, you know, it's not just woke, is it? For me, you know, just to kind of, round it off really because I'm at TNT now and it's just such a different environment to work in but it's just bias bias isn't it for me it was seeing the bias the editorial bias of well of the content that BBC was peddling out during the scandemic years you know it's just bias full stop um but it's so interesting that the BBC thinks it can create a, a, a version of reality that because it's on the BBC's channels, it just assumes that everybody will believe it. That's what I find just extraordinary that it thinks, right, we'll tell everybody that, that you know, this is how school used to be. It's a very good example that you use there. There's no relation to the reality of secondary school whatsoever. <laughs> no. Um, but we'll, we'll... Can you imagine? Can you really oh, exactly. imagine people, people like going up to the head teacher and against, I can't believe against the slave trade rather than fight, fight, fight. And the playground uh i just exactly. i just i'm not buying it Gemma, at all exactly you're not buying it and you know millions of people aren't buying it and millions of people are sick of it and you referenced agatha christie there um and that's a drama that they kind of messed about with um over the christmas period and that's that's attracted a huge amount of complaints and that actually is a bit of an insult to agatha christie 
who wrote a particular way at a particular time, you know, people are products of their time. And if you start messing about with culture like that, you you erase that the kind of context of which these plays and books and all kinds of things were written and you you lose you lose the history. You lose our history. Whether yeah. the history is good or bad is up that's not the point of it. You can't recreate or curate history the same way you shouldn't be recreating or curating the present to suit a particular narrative. But of course, the tide is turning, the veil is lifting and people are like, oh, for God's sake, really? Uh, and that's what's good about this. Um, I think the BBC in, uh, says in that article that they commissioned their own internal review into this because it lost so much public confidence and trust after the yeah. Martin Bashir scandal. Now that is worth looking at. The way that he got that interview with Princess Diana was duplicitous. He lied effectively. Uh, but let me assure you, he was not a one-man band. Having worked in the BBC for more than two decades, you don't operate like that if the culture doesn't allow it and sanction it and want the viewing figures to go with it. So I think that his producers would have been quietly rubbing their hands together with glee when they got that audience figure. But I've obviously the way it was obtained was you know, immoral, I would say. Um, yeah. And that's when the, that's, that with Jimmy Savile, I think was one of the biggest nails in the BBC's coffin and then its coverage of the scandemic. And I would also say recently, we've known uh, that people aren't buying now the license fee. The numbers are going down. Uh, Hugh Edwards hasn't helped recently either. Uh, that was another huge scandal that people weren't very happy about how they handled it. Spyro Gyro says in the chat, BBC received funding from the Gates Foundation. Yep, I've checked that. It certainly does. And in terms of what you were saying uh, about the Bashir kind of scandal, they commissioned... Um, a BBC board in May 2021, this impartiality plan. And for those that don't know it, it reviews uh, to cover output to ensure a wide range of views and voices are being reflected. It also laid out monitoring of what it's called impartiality metrics around editorial complaints, staff training and audience perception. And I guess what that's what the real complaint is here, Gemma. You know, if you've commissioned this and you're telling us you're going to be impartial, but there's constant evidence that you're only pushing one agenda you know where are they reflecting other people's views uh if we're talking about the slave trade here if we're talking about transgenderism where are they showing the other side where are they showing impartiality so i would really like for people to push this further and uh you know uh, you know it'd be, it'd be nice if someone could even like take them to court i know i don't think that's going to be able to be done but um you know uh the the fall of the bbc certainly uh isn't a negative is it no, and I'm not saying that as a as a former employee mm. whose former colleagues went to the tabloid press and painted me out to be a crazy person <laughs> and smeared me and tried to destroy my reputation. But look at me, lo and behold, I'm still here. No, I'm not saying it because of that. I'm not. No. I'm really not. I'm not making a joke here. I'm not saying it because yes. of that. Because when I did start joined at the BBC when I was young, I was in my 20s, I was incredibly proud. I was like, oh my God, yes. I'm like my mum. My mum couldn't believe it. She's like, Jemsy, you're at the BBC. And I kind of had to pinch myself when I was walking through the regional doors of Broadcasting House in Bristol, you know, the world famous BBC Bristol Natural History Unit. You know, I was seeing David Attenborough in the in the BBC canteen and bar, all of that kind of stuff. But it's gone. It's gone. And I think that's indicative of the shift, the shift that is sweeping through the planet, sweeping through the consciousness of us. And anything that's not fit for purpose, anything that is not fit for humanity moving forward as we try and build the new will crumble and the BBC is one of those institutions and interesting in love Marley Bite says as well we've seen a real change in GB news recently when that was introduced 
uh, that was uh, put across as an alternative news station. And they seem now to be literally following uh, the BBC news in most of their headlines. And he says uh, there's evidence that uh, Bill Gates has got shares in that as well. So, uh, yeah, much of uh, the same thing. Uh, so that's why we've got TNT Radio. That's why we're here. That's why we're putting across the truth. And uh, we're a station that will continue to do so. And I hope you'll continue listening to us in 2024 because we've got lots more to come. We're going to take a quick break for the headline. And we're back then with more positive stories of Gemma here at TNT. I have some even more exciting news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Donald Trump has been removed from the presidential race in a second state just hours after he was put back on the ballot in Colorado. After previously welcoming migrants to the Big Apple, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is now complaining his city has reached breaking point. And it's been revealed Israel never gave civilians a chance to escape Gaza's largest refugee camp before dropping two of the largest bombs in its arsenal on the site back in October. The Common Housefly Caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Welcome back. You can uh, phone in if you're brave enough, if you want to speak to me and Gemma. But I know most people are still sat on the sofa, uh, stuffing their face with chocolate. Uh, I did want to say to Jason Brooks in the online chat, he said, you're not telling the truth. There's no free speech. I want you to talk about flat earth. So, yeah, um, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about. We're not hiding anything here, Jason. Uh, He's put links if you want to uh, study Flat Earth. But right at the moment, uh, me and Gemma want to talk about positive current stories of the day. So if you want to research Flat Earth, you can go and do so. But Gemma, we've got a lovely story coming from Australia that you're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be talking about this story because, of course, you know, the HQ of TNT is on the Gold Coast in Australia. And, uh, you know, Australians, we've worked with the Australians. Well, I've been here three months. I know you've been here quite a bit longer than that. But working with the Australian team and getting to know everyone lovely. has been absolutely, yeah, lovely and brilliant. And this, um, the characters of people, you know, the, the big hearts that Australians have got. And this story really does uh, reflect that. So we've got a homeless guy in Adelaide. Uh, who was arrested over Christmas and spent Christmas Day behind bars uh, for trying to find somewhere warm to sleep overnight. Um, so David Evans, who's 57, so, you know, it can't be nice being on the streets at any age, but 57, I think, you know, you're pushing 60. Um, he slept in, in an indoor car park in Adelaide last Saturday night, and then he slept there as well for Christmas Eve. Uh, he was arrested, the poor guy, for trying to get a bit of shelter, charged with trespassing, and spent Christmas Day behind bars. Now, one of Australia's leading barristers um, came and stood up for him over Christmas. Uh, Mary uh, Shaw, she uh, she's one of the South Australia's top barristers, and she stepped in over the Christmas period. She gave up her Christmas leave and she got the charges dropped. And she said this is a massive attempt by uh, the South Australian uh, kind of powers that be to criminalise 
homeless people and she's now going to lobby the South Australia Attorney General to help get homeless people off the streets away from prison and she even appeared on the steps of the court with him and she'd lobbied to get the charges dropped and she presented him with a new pair of shoes but what's really nice about this story is that the him and her they've got history um she first met uh, David Evans, 18 years ago when she was a judge and he was up before her on uh, a misdemeanor charge, I think, and he was on heroin at the time. And she said, look, I'm not going to send you to prison. I'm going to get you to see a doctor. We're going to get you off this horrible stuff. And uh, she enabled him to be reunited with his little boy because he was out of prison. And he wrote to her afterwards and he thanked her for giving him a chance um, and, and, and letting him be a father to his young son. He obviously has had a few problems in his life because he's still on the streets, but they, they had this history together and she's come to his rescue over Christmas. You know, once again, oh. a bit like Daley Thompson, she didn't need to do this. She could have left no. him there languishing and decided to help him in the new year, you know, but she did it over Christmas. And I think that really epitomizes two things, you know, uh, Christmas spirit and, and a very big and generous heart. Um, so she's to be applauded and she obviously, you know, wants to do her bit. I hope she becomes an inspiration for others. And there are some lovely images and some video of them standing outside the court steps. And, uh, you know, you can tell he's visibly relieved and, and, and she looks very happy to be reunited with him. So I think this is a lovely story of Christmas cheer coming from Dan Ander, yep. you know, fair dinkum, oh, as they say. I'm not going to try <laughs> an accent. That was quite good, Gemma. Well done. Well, I've been working with Dean Mackin uh, on the on the UK Breakfast Show, and he's just an amazing Australian host. So I kind of picked up a few bits of the lingo from him. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping I'm not embarrassing myself too much there no. with that. Oh, brilliant! I mean, I must say it's obviously a little bit of good PR for the barrister there, Mary Shaw. But what's more important to me is that she's highlighting the issue of homelessness and that there are certain politicians out there that are actually trying to criminalise it. You've got people out there who are actually awful people. I mean, we obviously we've got uh, murderers, rapists, paedophiles. They're not even being... Uh, given the right sentences we've got people not even going to prison who you know commit abh gbh we've got we've got massive problems uh with uh drugs uh, uh people who are selling it um and uh yeah they're trying to criminalize people who aren't even committing a crime they're, they're, they're just they come into bad times they're living on the street so for me the big thing to take out of this story Gemma, is that she's saying it's wrong you know we need to help people we don't need to you know make things even worse for them particularly at christmas uh, and she's come out and she's she's saved this person from arrest and uh, uh, and from the law when actually all he was doing was trying to sleep that's it he, you know he had nowhere to go so uh you know i don't think we should be criminalizing homelessness should we no, 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 absolutely not. And when I was at the BBC, actually, I think I might have mentioned it on this show before, I um, spent uh, some time on the streets, literally, with uh, the homeless yeah. community in Bath here, and I was I was filming them for a piece. And I, I, I witnessed and I felt and I experienced firsthand everything that they had to go through. And I slept in the YMCA um, <clears throat> with, with one of them. And just the, the kind of relentless grind of life on the streets, you know, I was exhausted yeah. by the end of my three days of filming. And um, it was a massive eye opener and, and, and the troubled backgrounds that so many people have on the streets. They need help. They need help. And this lady, yeah. Mary Shaw, she didn't need the PR. I just have to say, you know, she's one of the South yeah. Australia's top barristers. Yeah. She didn't need the PR. She was just being a good human being. And I think we can all take Fantastic. a bit from that. 
brilliant. And uh, another positive story to move to, because uh, I know Gemma's the same as me. Uh, we're, we're getting older, we're getting nostalgic. Um, and I'm not a massive fan of the digital world. And I know she isn't. And people are moving away, in particularly with music, from digital downloads. And they're going more old school. Uh, the UK vinyl sales is at its highest level, would you believe, since 1990. Uh, more vinyl LPs were bought this year than any time since 1990. And they're growing at their fastest rate. With just a few more days to go of the year, the markets increased by 12%, rising for the 16th year in a row. And CDs as well, uh, not just uh, vinyls, they're uh, making a resurgence. Nearly 11 million CDs were sold. Uh, also, cassettes topped 100,000. I didn't even know cassettes were still being sold, but people are still buying cassettes. Um, they said that uh, sales went up in COVID and uh, people want to buy something physical still. And I'm for me, you know, I'm not a massive uh, like uh, music buying fan, but I do love books. And I bought a Kindle once and I tried to get into it and there's just no way. I love buying a real book, holding a real book, reading one. And I'm sure it must be the same for people with vinyl records and listening to them. People want to have something to keep, don't they, Gemma? Uh, and it's great to know people are, are moving away just from downloading everything and putting it on their phones. Oh my God, it's one of the best stories ever this, I just think. <laughs> yeah. I just remember, remember my own relationship with records. I mean, as I've, we've talked about this, I'm a huge Prince fan. And every time it was CDs for me, every time a CD would come out, you know, reading the sleeve notes and the dedications. Yeah. And the, when you buy vinyl as well, sometimes when you've got that bit in the middle that hasn't got any um, music on it, hasn't been pressed, there's little messages from the artist there, little little scrawled um like messages to the fans and it's just a, a massive connection between you and the artist and music is so massively powerful and it does show again I keep banging on about the shift the shift the shift the shift but people are shifting away from digital which means they're shifting away from the transhuman agenda that to me is the biggest part of this story is like yeah. people are realizing there's something not right about digital and I used to have um, all the le first four Led Zeppelin LPs on vinyl and I don't wow. know what happened I don't know how they got lost or taken Aww. or stolen or I lent them to someone so that I bought a couple of years ago on CD digitally remastered copies of those albums and I put them on I put the first one on in the car and I thought this doesn't sound the same hang on a minute this doesn't sound right and something about the soul had been taken away from it when it was digitally remastered it just didn't have that oomph that yep. rock and roll oomph and that was the digital aspect of it so I'm just so pleased that people are realizing music comes from the heart it comes from the soul you know it doesn't come from yeah. the digital bleeps and boops no no and I did see a little story this morning um apparently now I haven't checked it out myself you're on social media more than me but there was a cryptic tweet apparently that suggested Oasis might be getting back together Ooh. and reforming and I was like yes rock and roll come on so yeah I'm all for this story. I think it's this absolutely great. Oh, and I can't believe uh, we are uns completely unscripted. I had no idea that Gemma was going to say that. I was just about to say my first two albums that I bought, but they were on cassette 
were Blur and Oasis. Do you remember when they had the big uh, 90s Britpop moment? So I had the Blur, The Great Escape and uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory uh, by um, Oasis. So they and, and when it was on cassette, you had to force yourself to listen to the whole album. Otherwise, do you remember you had to fast forward? You couldn't move it like the vinyl. So I had to listen to every single record. That's what I missed. I, like, I knew the whole album inside and out because now you can just skip to the next song or even worse on Spotify, you just go back can choose your old favourites. You don't get to know anything new. And uh, Skippy says in the online chat, vinyl sounds so authentic. The snap, crackle and pop like Rice Krispies. So yeah, I absolutely agree. So a positive story there, moving away from digital. Uh, We've got more to cover after the break here at TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Merry Christmas, happy holiday. I hope you had a great one. And if you tune into my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern here on TNT, you know that I bring a lot of things back to Seinfeld. Well, we're going to do that right now. But first, Frank Costanza has to tell you what Festivus is. And at the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. Frank, this new holiday of yours is scratching me right where I itch. Let's do it then. All right. Festivus is back! I'll get the pole out of the crawl space. A Festivus for the rest of us! There you have it. Now we go to Florida. This display is at Orlando International Airport. Please join us for a Festivus for the rest of us, complete with a grievance box and a pole, which comes with a warning not to use it as a dance pole. And look at this. 13 years ago, inside the Florida Capitol building, a Festivus pole made of Pabst Blue Ribbon beer cans. Like I said, everything comes down to Seinfeld. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg, right here on TNT. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today. The choice? is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy, Rick Munn, on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, we're definitely crazy here. Who wants to be normal? And I know Gemma wanted to add something briefly to the last story um, about vinyls. Yeah, well, it was about cassettes, actually. And oh. uh, we, we were talking yesterday about Matthew Perry, weren't we? And both of us had yeah. read his autobiography over Christmas. You know, I used to watch Friends a lot. You, I know you did, and you like the character of yeah. Chandler Bing. So I was just thinking if cassettes are coming back, I could make you a mixtape. 
babe. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the mixtape. That was the most romantic thing to do, wasn't it, in the 90s? If you really fancied someone, you put all your favourite songs on a cassette and you gave it to them to show them how much you cared. Yeah, bring back the mixtape. It's not the same, is it, giving someone a Spotify list, Gemma? No, just, it's just not. Just doesn't do it doesn't do it and I just remember do you remember that fateful episode where Chandler Bing had given Monica a mixtape and it was an old mixtape that he'd made that an old girlfriend had made for him and her (laughs) voice comes on the mixtape doesn't it and it all goes hideously wrong and it's just a really funny episode about the mixtape so I figure you know what I'll make you a mixtape yeah brilliant Oh, I love that idea. I want to I want to try and listen to I used to have like a personal stereo they used to call it. I used to go everywhere with my headphones uh, listening to my own mixtapes. So but uh, bring back those days. Uh, now I just listen to Spotify. So, yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm bad for that as well with the digital moving forward. But we've got some more positive stories because uh, we think of London and often we don't think of uh, nature when we think of London. There are lots of other things. Sadiq Khan and and various other negative uh, connotations we can put there. But Hackney, uh, a lot of people think busy high streets, vibrant nightlife. I had no idea. They've got a little farm, an inner city farm, Hackney do. It's hidden behind hectic Hackney Road. It's home to pigs, sheep, donkeys, and it's a little escape from inner city life. So I thought, you know, I saw it. Um, it was actually on the BBC. I thought it was worth sharing about. They've got pottery classes there. Uh, the other thing as well, not far from it as well in Shoreditch, they uh, put a new uh, mural up there. Um, and it's encouraging people to help uh, uh, for their mental health. It's got the Samaritan's Helpline on it. It's beautiful, actually. You know, uh, colourful, uh, vibrant, uh, the type of thing that you want to walk past and like brightens your day. And I thought these things were worth sharing because we share so much doom and gloom stories. If you actually search, Gemma, you can find positive stories. They're hidden. They're hidden. We do have to, me and Gemma said uh, the last two days we were going to try and find some, you know, more positive stories. And you do have to hunt to find them, but they are out there. And if, like in your hometown, it's easy to say, oh, this place is awful. There's nothing to do there. There's nothing, you know, to go and see. But, you know, this kind of proves it. Even in the middle of Hackney, there's a beautiful little farm that you can go help, that you can go volunteer that uh, you can just go there and spend the day uh, and most people wouldn't know about it. Yeah, it is a lovely story. And of course, city farms, um, they're not anything particularly new, but I think more and more people are realising what uh, gems they really are. And because it's kind of a looking at the, the little video that accompanied that story, it's a return yeah. to traditional farming values, like a little small holding. Um, there are, there's one in Bristol, um, which is a, a lovely little place with a wonderful little cafe, uh, which serves a produce from the farm. Um, and it's a, it's a way of life, one of the uh, volunteers there said. It's a real way of life. And you think yeah it's a way of life that only two generations ago here in britain our our, our grannies and great grannies and granddads were living you know you'd have a small holding you'd have the pig maybe at the bottom of the garden and my mum remembers being told to when she used to go and stay with her grandparents in the cotswolds big farming part of the uk you know go down the garden angela and scratch the pig you know the pig had had a love would have a lovely life right up until the the bitter end for the poor pig um they were bred to be eaten but up until the point where it was killed it had a nice life and it was killed at home not the 
slaughterhouses of today. So I think it taps into people's kind of understanding really of our proper relationship with nature and animals. Um, and it kind of ties in with the story we covered yesterday about Tinker's Bubble, you know, the, the yeah. off-grid community uh, living in South Somerset. There is an innate understanding of how really we should be living with the land and with animals, even if we are eating them, um, which was has been lost, which is why when you have got something like a city farm working well, it, it taps into the heart again. It taps into our consciousness, our collective consciousness. We kind of know that instinctively it's right. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think uh, particularly here in Reading, you know, I can it's, it's not generally the nicest of places, Reading. It's it, it's quite run down a lot of it. Um, we don't have much kind of culture that I could say, oh, come visit Reading. But, you know, if you really want to, uh, the River Thames is beautiful. And if you go for a walk down there, uh, we've just had the Lido uh, that's just been completely done up um, again. And, you know, you can go for some beautiful walks. Um, in the countryside here but you have to push yourself to do so you have to actually hunt for the positive uh, Gemma so I think that was really what I wanted to take from the story that if you want to find it the positive is out there um, and it's easy for me to sit in Reading and I could sit here on the sofa today eating my chocolates and uh, uh, listening to Spotify digitally or I could go take a go outside take a walk in the countryside or go buy a vinyl record so you know the choices is there it's freedom of choice and uh, it's uh, up to us how we decide to view the world and uh, how we're going to look at it. And I know you've got another really lovely positive story for us to end on uh, about, yeah, freedom of choice and, and how you can escape the rat race if you choose. Exactly. And just actually really interestingly what you say there about, you know, we can choose to look for the positives. It's a bit like you make neural pathways in the brain when you do that, when you constantly seek the positive in any situation or in, a, in, in any environment. So, you know, in London, for example, or in Reading. Um, if you seek the positive, you strengthen and reinforce that neural pathway in the brain and it becomes easier and easier to do. It's hard initially to seek the positive because we've been trained to seek the negative and the brain has been hardwired to look at the negative in people and in situations. But the more you do it, the more positivity you seek, the more positive you will become. It's a biological and physiological response. So, you know, let's all maybe look to the new year with that in mind yes. and say, can we seek the positive? Can we seek the positive? Yes, we can. It is hard at first, but it's a bit like going to the gym. You don't pick up a really heavy weight on day one. You have to work towards it. Exactly the same with, with, with the brain, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Um, so let's, let's do it. And that brings me to this story, which I think is lovely. And it really is a kind of example to all of us about living our dreams and just going for it and taking a leap of faith. So this uh, story is doing the rounds today as we head towards the end of 2023 and into 2024. It's about a couple from the UK who ditched their nine to five jobs, quite successful nine to five jobs, you know, careers uh, to travel. And it, they, they aim to do it just for a, a couple of years, possibly. Um, and they pick, they're picking up odd jobs along the way to help fund it. And they have decided they love this way of life so much. They have no plans to stop at all. They're going to live their lives like this. So Hannah and Rob Ball, they're married couple, 35 and 38. So it's not like they're in their early 20s and they just thought, oh, I'll have a gap year and go traveling. They're at that age where you'd be thinking, you know, mortgage and kids, settling, heading towards middle age. But no, in 2022, in January, they ditched their jobs. They left the UK and decided to become digital nomads after the uh, scandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, uh, that forced them to reevaluate their lives. 
And they took this massive leap of faith, they said. They pick up odd jobs along the way. Uh, and that's how they fund their international adventures. And they have had amazing adventures. One of the things they've done to earn money is look after horses on a ranch in Arizona. That was one of their first jobs. They taught English to pupils in Budapest. They've uh, wow. edited a book, helped edit a book in Costa Rica. They've looked after some feuding chickens in the country of Montenegro, the mind boggles. Uh, they've worked in dog shelters in Texas. Lovely but pictures of them with the dogs there. And they've just done loads and loads and loads of other things uh, in between. Um, as I say, it was initially just for a couple of years, maybe, but they've loved it so much that they say there's, there's no way they want to stop this way of life. And they've said, you know, it's a, uh, they said, just take a leap. If you've got something you want to do, they'd always plan to do this, but the, it was only because of the madness, the insanity of what we had in 2020 and 2021. It forced them to reevaluate. And I don't think they necessarily would have done it were it not for that no. glitch you know, that we all had. And, and, but they've, they've used it for the better. Um, they said, we've got no plans to come home. They've just spent Christmas in Vietnam. They now plan to travel through Cambodia and Thailand, heading to New Zealand and Australia, uh, where they spent, plan to spend Christmas in 2024. Um, and I just think it's great. And I have got a couple of friends um, who had a very successful business uh, in Devon, and uh, the, one of the half of the couple had a stroke and it caused him to completely reevaluate. They sold the business, sold their house wow. uh, as they were approaching 50. And they now are just traveling in a very nice camper van. They've given it all up so that I've, I look at them with envy. They're always sending me pictures from everywhere. They've just oh. got back from France. And I just think it can be done. It can be done. It doesn't matter what age you are. Um, if you've got a dream, if, even if it's not with traveling, just do it. Take that leap of faith and do it. Yes, it's completely changed this couple's life and they're, they're going to carry on doing it forever from what I can see. And I'm very, very jealous, but it's inspiring yeah. me to make my leap of faith. Yeah. And I think it's also important uh, to point out with this story about just childhood indoctrination as well. And through the schools, the kind of idea of the uh, rat race that you're supposed to, Gemma, go to school, get your A-levels, go to university, get a nine-to-five job, get your mortgage, get married, have your children. You know, like we're, we're kind of taught there's a proper way to do things. And, and, and this couple and COVID helped them, which is great. Uh, well, yeah, you know, the scandemic helped them to realise that actually they have more freedom of choice and you don't have to be trapped in that way of life because we know now uh, well many of us do that uh, that way of life actually just helps uh, those kind of parasites or elites in society uh, uh, we're just adding to their wealth while we're kind of trapped in a system where we get just two or three weeks holiday a year and we're working our asses off just to pay a mortgage that will be paid back paid back when we get ill towards our old age pension or our state care. So, you know, I I all I'm saying to these guys, wow, you know, they've gone, they've done it. They're kind of living the dream. And it, particularly if you're young, these stories need to get out. You don't actually have to follow that kind of school indoctrination, do you, Gemma? You know, these couple have proved it. If you want, there are other options. You can get out there and live the dream. You absolutely can get out there and live the dream. And you're so right. What we're trained into from a very, very young age is a very, very sophisticated form of slavery, which benefits nobody yeah. but those at the top. Um, and these, this couple have realized that and that they, they are not coming back. 
they are not coming back. And what's interesting is in the ages at which they decided to go, you know, they're pushing the wrong side of 35, approaching 40, where the script says, you know, you've got you've got two kids and you're going to put them through university and you're, you know, you've got the mortgage which is tied around your neck and all of that stuff. And they just went, no, no, thanks. Thanks very much. We're off. And the photographs of them, they look so young and happy and glowing with life. They look full of yeah. life and whatever whatever gets you through life, whatever fills you full of life. I can think of lots of things with me. Um, do it. Do it. Yes. doesn't have to be traveling. doesn't have to be traveling. Yeah. Anything that gets you out of the matrix is a good thing. You've only got one life. You've only got one chance. And there's, there's a quote from uh, the lady Hannah at the bottom. She said, our best advice is to take the leap. Along the way, opportunities have come up. Just believe in yourself and your travel partner. This has exceeded our expectations. We left home, jobs and family. But we have learned if you open yourself up to opportunities, you'll be rewarded along the way. And I think uh, that's a lovely way to kind of end the show on, you know, you know, it, it's about looking for positives. It's about looking for opportunities. Uh, it's easy to just be obsessed with the doom and gloom in the newspapers day in, day out. Uh, but instead, you can change your neural pathways. And by the way, it's three months. If you do something every day for three months, that becomes your default setting. So if you decide to start being positive by January, by March, that becomes your default setting. And uh, you can look for opportunities and you can be more positive, Gemma. Absolutely. Amen to that. What a lovely way to kind of end the year looking forward yep. to 2024. Absolutely. Uh, so this is it. That's our time now. We're we're done for 2023. Uh, open line is, is, is signaling out and uh, we will be back on New Year's Day, me and Rick and Gemma. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and uh, starting the year in a positive manner. I have been Natalie Chill. Gemma Cooper has been with me. This has been Open Line on TNT Radio. Have a wonderful new year. We can't wait to see you on New Year's Day. Bye-bye.